0: Hello, you found Rebirth with Kate Brenton, and I am really excited about today's interview. You will be meeting Dana Donofy, the creator and founder of Ana Ono Intimates, and I suggest finding her on her Instagram handle at Ana Ono, A-N-A-O-N-O, Intimates, or going to her website, which is AnaOno.com. When you go onto her website, you will... I Well, maybe I should just speak for myself. I was struck by the beauty and the warmth. And she'll tell us in the interview about how um, they're all actual models, actual patients. And currently the quote on her website is, There is beauty in all of us. Show it off. And that is the brilliance and the orbit that is Dana Donofy. She is here to shake you with her optimism and her humor and her her mission. Dana is on a mission, and when you speak to anyone on a mission, you are ignited. She is here to bring the conversation of breast cancer that is widespread. I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't know someone that is affected by breast cancer, And yet, the actual journey and the treatment of breast cancer survivors happens in silence. And this podcast, I think, is um, such an honor to listen to what Dana has to say to her candor, to her optimism, and to her education, because there's a lot that we need to know we're one human family. So without further ado, enjoy your time with Dana Donofy. Can you tell us about the journey that brought Ana Ono to be? In a
1: nutshell, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2010, and it was a day before my 28th birthday, and it was two months before my planned wedding. And unfortunately, in that moment, my entire world flipped upside down and went in a completely different direction than what I ever expected it to be. I was climbing the fashionista ladder. I was enjoying life as a 20-year-old, newly engaged, planning a wedding, Um, and then cancer happened. And it was just such a shock to my system on all levels. But the bizarre thing about all of that was as I was experiencing um, body-altering, life-altering surgeries and treatments, I, I really started to identify a different space in the breast cancer world than what had really been paid attention to before in the past. And I think, honestly, it's cause I was a young woman. I, I think because I was a fashion designer and, and I was facing so many challenges and problems as I was going through my treatment, the least that I expected was my underwear drawer or like how I was going to dress myself. And I just found that to be such a shock because I was like, wow, like people have been getting diagnosed with breast cancer forever. Like, why is there no access? Why are there no pretty bras? Why can't I wear a shirt after my surgery? Like, you know, it was almost like, you know, changing my entire lifestyle to now accommodate my cancer. And that became like really controlling to my world around me. So I decided to take it back and I took back the control and I started designing bras that worked for my body, which then helped me dress better and express myself better. And Here we are, um, almost 10 years later, and I have an amazing lingerie line called Ana Ono. And we're, you know, making bras and loungewear and swimwear and sports bras for those that are affected by breast cancer or have breast surgeries. And, um, you know, really just trying to navigate my new life (laughs) as as best as I can.
0: Can you tell us how you were able to move on this need on this um, spot in the market that you saw?
1: I, I think really my unique position was I'd spent my entire life as a fashion designer. I I started making clothing when I was eight years old. I studied at Savannah college of art and design. I had an amazing career in New York city designing dresses for Beyonce and Christina Aguilera, and, you know, just an amazing, amazing opportunity in New York city. And, and so my entire life has kind of been built around this. So when I identified the problem, and the problem really was quite technical, like, a a woman after a breast surgery, it's very, very difficult to either find and or wear a bra that has underwire. And once you remove underwire from bras in the marketplace, you're kind of left with like a sports bra, right? And, yeah, and, and, you know, we, you know, if you're younger, you know, maybe you can go to RE and Maybe you can go to Victoria's Secret and buy a cheap bralette or something like that. But like, really for the majority of us that are diagnosed with breast cancer, we're older, you know? So like, access to that sort of product is not so mainstream anymore. In 2010, it was nowhere, but today it's, it's a little bit different. Um, and, and I think it, it, that was one issue. And then also I was reconstructed. So my entire shape of my breast is very different. It mimics, it mimics what a breast looks like under clothing. You know so you like you look good in clothing but it does not act like a breast it's not smushy it doesn't move it's not malleable so i kind of feel like you know i kind of tell people i have like orange it like oranges like attached to my chest and then that's it they're just like big balls of silicone <laughs> that are attached to my chest so That means like a molded cup, like you put on a molded cup and there'd be like a bubble where your nipple used to be. Um, Or there would be like gapping because, you know, they're meant for like holding, you know, a, a little bit of a droop of a breast and like pulling that tissue up. And so it was just like all of these things that was happening. So, like, the only thing I could find was like a grandma bra, like the quintessential utilitarian, like beige grandma bra. And I was like, this is not what I want to be in my life. So, Um, I really started ripping bras apart, taking them apart, putting them back together, designing my own shapes, applying those. And eventually I just came up with, you know, different silhouettes that, you know, worked for myself. And then I was surprised because it worked for so many other women. Like some women had one breast and didn't reconstruct, or some women had one natural breast and one reconstructed breast. And some women didn't have breasts at all. So it was really interesting once I started putting myself out there to kind of understand all of the different outcomes that, you know, breast surgery yields on the other side.
0: And what would you tell a woman who is still considering or hovering toward her passion and dream? Maybe, you know, she has an inkling, but she's not sure she really wants to go with it.
1: I mean i love to mentor other women that are starting businesses because we need as much help as we can get and i am telling you that loud and proud this is not easy we are stuck in a man's world still and we have to understand how to navigate it and we if you don't navigate it correctly like you're done you're toast and that's still the unlikeliness of of being a woman and being a woman in business right and and so i mentor a lot of women and i'm like i'm like this doesn't happen overnight like i knew what i was doing I spent an entire career in this space. It took me from my diagnosis. Well, I came up with the idea in 2011 after my treatment was done. Um, it took me then until, you know, 2014 to launch. So it, it, and, and I was in the industry. So when I would go to Europe, I was trying on bras in Europe. When I was in Asia, I was trying on bras in Asia. Um, when I was, you know, in Miami or in San Francisco or in New York city, I was, everywhere I was, I was like, let me try on a bra. Let me try on a bra. I will find one bra that fits me, I will find it. And, and I never did. And that's, that's really but but by doing that market research kind of with my own body and on my own, I was really able to say, okay, this hurts because of this reason, this doesn't fit because of this reason. And you know, kind of taking all of that and applying that to you know, what I think of as design. And problem solving is really what led me into that space because it's, it's tricky, you know, it's really tricky.
0: So what I'm hearing is this hasn't been so much a journey about a product, but something much, much more.
1: I think what I've learned through all of this is you're absolutely right. I think my learning from this is, and, and actually a really pivotal point in myself and in Ana Ono was when I actually realized that we're not selling a bra. And I sell bras. I have bras that fit women with you know all different types of ailments. But that's not what the bra is about. The bra is about having something in your life that just feels normal again. That feels recognizable. That is something that was taken away from you, but now you've empowered yourself to get it again. And you know I, I get heart-crunching emails from women that've been through this where they have told me you know I was diagnosed 5 years ago and I couldn't find anything and all I did was like sit in dressing rooms and cry and feel bad about myself and feel broken and I'm really afraid to try on your bras because I don't want to trigger myself back into those moments I've already had an experience and I so get it like I so get that because for me, you know, my commitment to myself was that I did, I I left a a dressing room crying. I cried in the dressing room. I somehow choked it up to get myself into my car to finish my good cry before I could even drive um, myself home that day. And I know what that felt like. And I pledged to myself that I would commit everything I had to never have a woman have that experience ever in her life. And and that's like such a huge thing because like it's just a bra, right? It sounds so trivial. Like it sounds on the surface, like what what are you who cares? You're selling a bra. Like it's a what's the big deal? It's the biggest deal in the world. And I yeah, and and, and it's you know, if, if you don't feel good about yourself, you don't feel good to the people around you. You know, you don't feel good to your partner or, you know, a potential partner, you know, like all of that, like all of that is like self-confidence right and like self-image right you've got to you've got to feel confident no matter what that is and if you feel broken you're going to act broken
0: thank you for sharing something you know shining the light on this process the journey seems to be the journey to create is treacherous in and of itself so what would you say to a woman who isn't sure she should stay in the boat you know she's paddling towards her vision but she's like am i crazy (laughs) should i just get out
1: You don't know. You're constantly in this boat and like, you're kind of like, oh, is it life raft time or should I hang on just a little bit longer? And, and, you know, and you hit these moments. And I, I think for myself, what, what helped me through these moments was the fact that I wasn't afraid to fail. I knew that this needed to be done. And I knew that this story needed to be told and, and who cares if I was the first one to do it? if I was the first one, and I was a little too soon, then I was the first one, and I was a little too soon, but at least the story would get told, and I, you know, I knew that no matter what, I was, I was going to make some level of difference. Um, I feel very gracious that I've been able to, to accomplish what we've been able to accomplish, but, you know, the first real pivotal moment, um, I, I, you know, I thought everything was really obvious. I was like, there was literally not a single brawl on the market designed for women with breast reconstruction and and i thought okay like this is it like google i just gave you a gold mine you know i'm just giving you <laughs> i just gave you words that have never been used before in the internet and I, and so I, I launched online because um, quite frankly the mastectomy stores the stores that could carry my product and could help the patient you know f- say 6 7 years ago now were not interested. They really weren't interested in helping women with breast reconstruction. And I was I was I was shocked. Yeah, I was I was shocked by this because I thought to myself, just because I'm not one of the types of people that are diagnosed with breast cancer, you don't want to help me. So so what am I supposed to do if you don't want to help me? And I, I felt I felt frustrated with them at that moment because I was like, why don't they get it? Why, why, why aren't they seeing what I see? Why, why can't they address this problem? They see these women every day. But it also empowered me and encouraged me to like launch online. So I was literally like the first, you know, breast reconstruction bra to launch on the internet. The first mastectomy bra to launch on the internet. My competitors didn't even have internet stores when I launched my line on the internet. And, and I, I saw that as a challenge, but I also saw that as an opportunity. Right. And, and, and so I'm fighting through this moment of launch and I'm thinking, you know, you build it, they will come. And then I realized, I don't know who made that saying, because it's an absolute lie. <laughs> I don't know who said that, um, but <laughs> nobody should have. And, um, and so I, I keep hustling, I keep hustling. and And finally I get my break and I'm at a, press preview and I meet an editor from the today show and I kind of flipped my story a little bit in that moment because I had just had one of my first stores that believed in the product and it was not a mastectomy store it was a specialty lingerie store and I had just yeah just had a call with her like a day or two before the press preview so I, I moved my entire pitch and I said she goes the editor asked me she goes well how many stores are you in And I said, oh, I'm only in like a handful of stores, um, but I'm really excited about the opportunity of getting to stores because I just heard a story from this mother and daughter team that has this beautiful lingerie store. And I said, you want to know what she said to me? And she goes, well, what did she say? I said, she told me that she was so thankful that I designed this line so she doesn't have to turn away any woman that walks into her store that has breast cancer because it hurts her heart every time she sends them home because she tells them, I don't have anything for you. And in that moment, she said to me, you have solved that problem for me, thank you. And that was the hook, right? That was the hook that that editor need to hear like, wow, like you've impacted or you've helped somebody else by doing what you're doing, now that's the story, right? And, and after they wrote the piece, um, that launched that next night, I mean, the entire landscape of my business changed my the Yeah, the Today Show article came out, I sold out of, you know, the few hundreds of bras that I had. <laughs> and, and I, I happened to have like a, 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 another production line going into my factory here in the US. And I called them and I said, How can you speed up my line, I need to speed up my production, I said, When can you get it to me, I just sold out. He's like, oh, I still need like three or four weeks. And I'm like, I don't have three or four weeks. And so I'm begging and pleading with my manufacturer. And then I get a call from people. So like, this is when you feel like your life has changed. When like Time Magazine, Time Magazine shows up on your caller ID and you're like, what? <laughs> what is this? And um, the the team at people.com called me and they said, well, we want to write this article. We need to do some fact checking, Da 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 dah, 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 dah. And I said, great. So I just haphazardly decided, I said, well, what am I going to do? I don't have any product. All these people are going to come to my website. I don't have anything to sell. So I launched a, a, what I called a pre-order. So you could pre-reserve the bras that I already had in manufacturing. And the People article came out and I sold out of my whole pre-production. And then I said, oh my God, <laughs> now what's next? You know, everybody says these are good problems to have, but like, except for the business owner that now has nothing to sell to stay in business. <laughs> so so it's a, it, was a, it was a great problem to have, but you know, it was, it, it was a pivotal moment for my business because of that excitement. But really what I took away from that was um, the these, this, this story after it was published by the Today Show and People, it went around the world. And that's what I thought was really cool because we know breast cancer is not just a problem here in the United States. It is a problem worldwide. And I had people, and and to this day, I mean, we probably have shipped almost to every single country in the world, but it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, having people from Australia and New Zealand or Cambodia or South America, like message me and say, I don't have anything here. How can we get your bras? If we don't have anything here, how can you get to us? And, and then that was my moment. How am I going to help these other people and these other women get access to what they need and desire when, you know, I'm just, I'm just starting out. I, I mean, I have no idea how I'm supposed to get it to you. So it was just, it was really just an impactful moment to see that, the love for what I was doing was, was broad and, and the support from, you know, women around the world and the messages I got and the feedback I got and the excitement. And, and, you know, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but all of my models on the website are patient models. There's not a professional model that I've ever hired to, you know, display any of the product because I wanted to see somebody like myself on the other side. And and we never got to see that before. Like I was the first lingerie line in the space that used real patient models. And, and I got so much love for that saying, oh my God, I saw that that woman didn't have a breast. I don't have a breast. Like this looks beautiful on her. It can look beautiful on me too. I am a product of the 90s and the early 2000s. I'm, yeah, I'm a product of like the heyday of Victoria's Secret when like I felt like if my ribs weren't showing I wasn't good enough, I wasn't thin enough, I wasn't pretty enough, because that was what we were getting fed in every single outlet of everything. And, you know, I look back, you know, I mean, shoot, now I look back at pictures of me in my 20s and I'm like, damn, I was hot, like. Why was I so worried about what the world looked at me like, you know? And But you don't know that. You don't know that when you're in your 20s. You just put the pressure on yourself.
0: And your slogan is never alone. It seems to speak to your broader message. You know, breast cancer, although widespread, seems to be a decently isolating experience, um, which seems obvious, but in what you're sharing, It doesn't have to be as isolating as it is. Uh, Can you share um, resources if somebody that you, you know, if you're going through breast cancer or you know somebody who's going through breast cancer, what resources can you recommend?
1: Yes. And even in a digital world that we live in today, there's still such limited access and information when you truly, absolutely, 100% need it. And, and, and that is why our slogan is never alone. And, and the reason for that is because I spent my entire diagnosis as a young 28 year old woman alone, because I never met another young woman. I never met somebody that was gearing up for life. Like I was, I met tons of women that had grandchildren that were telling me how okay I was going to be, but like, I never got the chance to have a child right? Like that's how different, that's how different this is. And so I really, really felt isolated. So I try to help obviously wherever I, I'm I'm not only an advocate for young women with breast cancer, but I'm also an activist to change the conversation. And um, I love organizations like Living Beyond Breast Cancer. They are an amazing organization that literally has like trusted and vetted information for any situation surgery type diagnoses caregivers patients themselves there's just such an amazing information and then also a community of support which is so necessary and in finding organizations like that are really really important um and and then just with what we do from a community standpoint we've done new york fashion week for the last three years um, with an organization called Hashtag Cancerland uh, with a, a beneficiary of MetaViber. And MetaViber is an organization that funds research for metastatic breast cancer, which is the only breast cancer that kills and is the least funded out of all of the different subtypes of breast cancer. So explain to me why we decide to fund all of, other we 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 look at prevention a lot which is also very very important but metastatic disease happens to one in three women that are diagnosed that is not an odd that anybody wants to play at any casino and um and so i i believe a lot in that as a young breast cancer patient myself i lose a friend every month um because it is you know it's a higher death rate um than others and so uh, for the last three years at New York Fashion Week, we've, we've really had an opportunity to, like, use a world stage to, like, change a conversation and, and put things on the map from, you know, surgery types, from, you know, showing scars and, you know, chests of women that have gone through breast cancer and showing the world what a mastectomy really looks like and what breast cancer really looks like. You know, it's not pink ribbons and tutus. It's it's legit. It's a, it's a serious disease. And, um And I think that, you know, being able to use that as an opportunity to help educate and inform others can only make us all more powerful because we have to support each other. Um, You know, for the women that are diagnosed, you know, a third of them are dying
0: um,
1: because of the disease so that, you know, we, we lose a lot of numbers because we don't have good enough treatments for this disease yet to keep these mothers and sisters and you know, even brothers and fathers around. And, and that's really, you know, an important cause for me as well. And, and I think with education and information, people
0: can help also become activists. And for such a widespread disease, there is so much more that is not spoken about or discussed widely. I was shocked. I'm learning so much from you.
1: We have so much ground to cover. I, I will never forget. I've, I've been through menopause now three times in my life. I, I will be lucky if I see it naturally, right? Like that's, that's what my life looks like. And I said to my husband, I said, oh my God, now I know why all old ladies have their hair short. And he looks at me and he goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's the hot flashes. You cannot have hair and deal with these hot flashes. And he's like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm like, literally I grew my hair all the way out after chemo. I have chopped it off short because it is the only thing that keeps me cool from the hot flashes.
0: Dana, I appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today and remind us one more time where we can find you? It's an exciting time right now
1: um, with energy in the community and information. And again, this digital space that we live in to be able to share so much. And, and I'm really excited, you know, October is on the horizon. I, I just urge your listeners to realize that you know, breast cancer doesn't just happen in October. It happens every single day to thousands and thousands of people. And um, be, you know, be kind and generous in this moment. The pink washing is real. Um, be be conscious of where your energy and your thought and your mind goes that there are trusted organizations like Living Beyond Breast Cancer and Metavivor that really are doing good things with their money. Um, so, so be aware of that. But you know, uh, October also brings a lot of opportunity to talk about new things, you know, and, and there's some really incredible um, uh, campaigns that are coming out with information. Um, I'm a part of uh, not one type campaign that talks about breast cancer being all different types. Um, so so when you meet somebody that's been diagnosed with the breast cancer, please don't tell them that your grandmother died of breast cancer because that's not necessarily what that patient needs to hear on the other side. And, and she may have died from her breast cancer because it was a different type of breast cancer, right? And and these are the things that we need to learn about the disease so we can all support one another. But, you know, and, and with Ana Ono, you know, we're, we're always excited to keep pushing the envelope. We've got new lines coming out. We've got sexier lingerie coming. We have sports bras coming. We've got support for other sp- you know, types of breast surgeries and, and other ailments. I'm learning so much by growing the business. It's been incredibly fortunate. And, um, and you know, just, I ask to, you know, share, if, if you don't yourself have breast cancer, but you know somebody that does, please tell them about Ana Ono, which is A-N-A-O-N-O, because really that, that bra can change that person's life and, and uh, you can help them find that resource. If you do have breast cancer, um, or you support somebody that has breast cancer, um, our Instagram is really a fantastic place for community information, engagement, empowerment, all of those good things. And and you know, I, I really encourage you to go and and engage there because um, you know, we we really do shine a light on the shadows that breast cancer casts. And I, I'm excited about that because you know, the community really gives back and Um, I think that information is there for if you ever need it, which I hope you never do, but, um, we'll always be there for you.
0: This is Kate back again. Isn't she amazing? If you didn't catch it, Ana Ono uh, Intimates is her Instagram handle and anaono.com is her website. Her name is Dana Donofy and she is a woman, um, that has opened my mind and my heart shortly after this interview, um, she invited me to an event at her studio with Silke Hoffman, who is doing her dissertation through the Royal College of Art, looking at the emotional impact that clothing has on the wearer, uh, inspired by a good friend of hers that went through the breast cancer journey. This podcast this particular interview has um as many of you who know me listening also know that i work in holistic care primarily serving to reconnect women to their true nature bringing people into balance or being um working with them as they bring themselves back into balance and being in a table of breast cancer um thrivers uh, women and listening to them navigate their body selves, the post-surgery adaptations, um, sensitivities, um, strengths, and watching what Silka is bringing um, with her, her journey in the fashion industry, and her connections, and wanting to bring a conversation of change to the forefront of why women are not consulted on their own clothing and why if we hear the statistics so broadly about breast cancer, why we are not having the conversations and putting forth um, support for after, for while you're in this body and you have made this big journey. So I am still digesting and sitting with how can I be a better supporter and advocate Uh, perhaps for breast cancer, but definitely for conversations that affect women being activated in their power when if we were willing to be uncomfortable, we could create great change and help the person sitting next to us. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Rebirth. I'll see you next time.